Come to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Welcome to episode seven. We're glad to have you back and we're ready to get going this week. Uh, this week is a little different. We're going to hammer through a couple of these episodes of The Chosen and then we're going to try and answer some questions and just kind of have some fun with this along the way. Uh, Zach is here as always, excited to get going. So let's do this. We're going to look this week, we're going to start off with The Chosen, season one, episode six, and no, episode five, five. and episode six. And so the first one, episode five, is yeah. The Wedding Feast, where uh, Jesus and his disciples go on a trip to see his mom at a wedding of some friends, family friends. And Jesus makes wine. And Jesus makes some wine. Very this, exciting. This is really wine. And we, uh, so we meet Thomas for the first time uh, at this party. And uh, yeah, and then the next episode, episode, oh, I'm so confused. Six. Episode six is Jesus healing a leper and a paralyzed man who gets lowered through a roof mm-hmm. while he's teaching um, some people in the streets. Uh, back in um, Caesarea, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he goes to Canaan for the wedding feast, and then he goes back to Caesarea. And uh, yeah, so where do you want to start, Zach? I guess episode five, the wedding feast. Yeah, let's start with episode five. Sure. That'd be a good start. Do you want to just talk about, like, so they go to a party? Um, well, you're just going to skip to the end? Well, yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. What do you well, want to early say? Early on, we got Nicodemus talking with John. Yeah. The weirdo. Yeah. In prison. Yeah, I don't. What's up with that? I don't know. Is that in the Bible? That Nicodemus went to visit John? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, okay, so we should just skip but it. We know John was there, and it makes it fits with Nicodemus' story because he's curious. He has questions. Curious cat, Nicodemus. Yeah, that's about yeah, all. Yeah, well. I don't know, it's kind of an awkward exchange, but sometimes I get annoyed when there's like a clear message that we all know want that we want delivered. In this example, it's John to Nicodemus about who Jesus is. And he just refuses to do it clearly. Like it's the they're just speaking in rhymes and random yeah. words and whatever. And it's just like, can you just say what you mean and just yeah. get it out? Like yeah. Get to the point. I find that annoying. I think Nicodemus gets to the point where he's frustrated and fed up too. Like you're just (laughs) reciting scripture to me and I already know scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this. It's just another step along the journey for Nicodemus. He's again confronted with the fact that perhaps God is moving in a way that's outside of his religious box. Um, Right. And by the end of episode six, he's actually saying that he meets with Shmuel and says to him, what if what we're reading in the Torah, in the Old Testament, like we continue to put God back in the past. Mm -hmm. What if God is showing up in our present and he's completely outside of the box? So Nicodemus is on this journey. I think that's, that's the only really relevant part of this story. Um, is it continuously he is being confronted with the fact that what he thinks is religiously okay is not right. God is bigger than he can imagine. God is outside of the box. Jesus keeps saying to people, expect different. This is different. 
right? Why are you surprised by this? It's different. Yeah, that's all I got right. for that part of it. I, okay, so then I want to get have, to the party. So okay, well then there's like a ton of the rest of the episode just build up to the party, um, basically explaining, well, showing us as to the huge importance of this wedding and, um, I guess like the importance of the social standing that it potentially brings. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like it, it has to be everything has to be done well. Like they had to have that. Was it like the um, the archway Hoopa, thing that they were going to stand under, Hoppa, whatever they call it. Yeah. They called it. Yeah. It was not made very well at first, and they had to redo it because heaven forbid it not look perfect. I mean, I guess we do that today still, but I don't know. Right. It's very <laughs> evident that this family is of a different class. Yeah. So I the guess. son, the the groom's family, and the bride's family are two different classes, and the parents of the the bride keep showing up saying like we want this and this and this and they just can't afford it Mm -hmm. so yeah they can afford three servings of wine instead of four or five Mm -hmm. so let me meet thomas yeah we meet thomas he's pretty neat guy tom has to have it all planned out to be clear in the bible it's not written that thomas was the wine guy no it's not written that thomas was the wine guy that's a creative element added in here yeah to to meet him it fits with his character he's the one always asking questions always kind of doubting always wanting to know how in the bible how does thomas become a disciple uh it doesn't say he's just he's, he's one of the followers there. and then jesus goes and prays and he comes back and says these are the 12 that i select mm. as my so assumingly 12 he had to have met him along the way somewhere so this is as good a spot as any right we have no idea that thaddeus is a uh, what does he say? He's a stonemason or something. Hmm. He's a bricklayer or whatever. But in, he shows up in this scene where he's talking about when he first met Jesus. Right. Uh, they were working together at a job site. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Working on building toilets. Building a latrine. Yeah, and, Roman latrine. Uh, Simon's like, no, 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 he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that crappy of work. No, not not my Get Jesus. It. Crappy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Nice, nice, very nice. Uh, okay, so party begins. Party begins. She's just having fun. They're dancing, they're laughing. And his disciples are like, this is nuts. Like, how did you meet Jesus? They're, they're sitting at a table, they're talking. Mm. I think that's a really uh, fantastic way to meet each other. Like, they don't really know each other. They, they know each other, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so how did you meet? What are, like, what are you talking about? It's kind of like they're on a blind date. Yeah. Or and like they, a date for the first time after meeting someone online. Yeah, and they want they want a teacher that's going to blow their minds. Like, yeah, and this Jesus is build, pretty normal. Not build crappers. Not build crappers. <laughs> uh, why is he dancing? Like, does he not realize that just normal people dance and have fun and yeah. drink? And shouldn't he be floating above everyone, like giving commands? Yeah, or like the Pharisees who refuse to be seen as normal people. Mm-hmm. Like they're so religious and they're so elite. And if you True. were to follow one of their rabbis, their rabbis make you come and sit and study them. And they sit in a, like a throne. Mm-hmm. When you see them teaching, they're always sitting on a, a chair or a throne and everybody else is kind of sitting below them or standing or kneeling around them. Jesus is just like, Hey, we're at a party. Mm-hmm. He makes a joke at the end. He's like, I can do miracles, but I can't heal Andrew of his inability to dance. He can't dance. He has three left feet. He's like, well, even I can't fix that. Um, hmm. So uh, there's That's a really- That's not true. He, he, prob- could. he probably could give Andrew 
Jesus can do anything. Right. He can. Uh, but I think that's the the humor of it. It's like, I'm yeah. not going to. Oh, joke. I, <laughs> I could it. make it so you could dance, but I refuse to. Oh, he made a funny. So have another glass of wine and let's get on with the party. Okay. So inevitably the lower class family is failing to impress the higher class family. Um, they're doing a pretty good job, but eventually things start to unravel. Which brings us to Thomas and his partner, just business partner. His business partner. I can't, Similarly, I'm not sure irrelevant what the relationship is there, whether really it's there. his wife or whatever. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Um, they're freaking out because they're not going to have enough wine. Because mm-hmm. there's more people than they were supposed to be, right. I think. Right. Is that what happened? Yeah. There's way more people. They planned for 40 people. There's 90 or 80, 100 people. A lot it's more. It's just a big party. How does that happen? Uh, wedding crashers, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Everybody's excited to be there. Jesus has brought followers. There's just, it's a celebration. Okay. Well, do you got any notes there on this next well, part? Well, I do because um, I think it's really, uh, what was I going to say? Thomas, Thomas, they run out of wine. Mary brings Jesus in and they say, just do whatever he says. And he says, fill up these jars. You know, they, they have these ceremonial jars for cleansing. So their Jewish tradition is that you would wash with this purified water mm-hmm. and then you would be clean and it's very ceremonial. And Jesus says, fill them with water. And Thomas is just like, he's beside himself. He doesn't know what they're going to do. He doesn't, he doesn't want to believe. Yeah. Um, Jesus makes a really interesting point that stood out to me is it's, it's, it's not always, it's not, it's good to ask questions, Thomas. And cause Thomas is like, why? And what is this going to do? And what's the point of this? And how is this going to help? And how are we going to do this? And he, he, he needs to know. Yeah. And Jesus is like, it's good. It's good that you ask questions, but you're not always going to get the answers you want. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of surprises Thomas with that. Yeah, I'm not going to condemn you for asking questions. That's great. But there's a point where you need to stop asking questions and just have some faith. Right. Um, Thomas needs it scientifically. He needs it logically. It's got to work the way it works. I thought that was neat. He's always counting. He's always measuring. Um, he's finding a new way to do it, whether it means like serving less or, or getting less. And Jesus is just like, well, I'm going to show you a totally new way. And here we go. Um, the other thing that stood out in this scene is where Jesus comes to the wine and he sends everybody out and he looks up to heaven and he's praying and he's just like, okay, if this is really the time and this is, this is the start, then I guess I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I am ready. And it, it's, that's kind of what resonates to me. Like him just kind of, I've been doing all this and I know your will. And so here we go. Right. Uh, I guess it's it's fully jump into the pool and let's let's get wet. Let's do this. Yeah. Well the only thing that kind of stood to me was what happens before that. Where like the whole reason he goes in there is because his mom asked him to. Hmm. Like he wasn't ready, right? Is that what you're saying? He wasn't ready to build the or to <laughs> to make himself known. I, I don't know. Like I, I think what he's thinking he's quick to heal the leper in the next episode, to heal the person. He starts to teach. It's like, okay, I guess this is it. No more standing on the edge of the lake. No more 
working with fishermen and people on the out- outskirts. I guess it's it's full on. Here we right. are in the middle of this big party. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder, like, I don't know, it kind of makes me wonder, like, would it have played out differently if his mom hadn't begged him or asked him to do it? What do you mean? Like, would he have done the miracle? Or would he have just been like, oh, wine ran out, is what it is. Let's go home. Yeah. I I think this is great. I hadn't really thought about this, but it's <laughs> there. It's very clearly in the Bible. She yeah. comes to him and says, we need more wine. You need to do something. Yeah. And he's like, it's not my time. But um, she's like, well, you need to do this. Let's do it for me. She says, right? Yeah. Something like that. It, like in the movie, she, like in the TV show, she's like, do it for me. Mm. And I, I guess I never really read that, or I've just always kind of read through that in mm. the Bible. But you're bringing up a great point. It's like, there's a really important part here of asking him to do something for me. Yeah. And him having compassion, him having a love, like, I love my mom. I'm going to, I'm going to honor you in this, but also going to God and saying, okay, I guess it's time. Um, and, and the influence that we, like, I guess the rep, the repercussions of that is that we can have, we influence Jesus. Mm-hmm. We influence the decisions and things around us. When we pray, when we, we kind of come to him and say, you need to do this. Yeah. We, we can actually have an influence on that. And yeah. sometimes it feels like we, we go through prayer and it's about changing me, not me changing him. Right. Well, and that's, like, I know there's other examples. Um, there's other examples in the Bible where people can change, have changed God's mind. And I guess this is what I was wondering is, was one of them. Like, Must be. Yeah. Is there another potential plan in place? Yeah. And I'm sure it all ends the same a week from now or whatever it is. Like, um, it all comes back to the same storyline, but I'm just wondered if he would have handled this differently if she hadn't have asked. Probably. Yeah, probably. It's probably so, a, a lesson even in her, like of her letting go and saying, you are no longer mine to control and my son mm-hmm. just alone. It's, you know, like, it's not my time. It's like, well, it's, it's time. Like I have to yeah. let you move into this part of who you are. You are, you are God and do this. And, the other thing uh, that like I find kind of interesting is that it's not that like legitimate of a reason to have a miracle. Like mm-hmm. if you compare it to all the other miracles, it's kind of like meh. You didn't save a person's life. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't, like you're not healing someone. You're not like teaching the disciples food for so many people, or like yeah, I don't know, walking on the water yeah. to to show the disciples how powerful you are. Yeah, like it, you're just kind of like like if for most because especially because most people don't know what you did. Right. Like nobody knows. Thomas it's knows. It's not like it's his first miracle, not in secret, but it's also not, not in secret. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like all the servers know and Thomas knows, but like all the guests don't know. Right. None of the guests know. Right. So like, it's still secret from all of them. It's not like they're all like, they're all like changed and all happy because of it. As far as they know, this mm. lower class couple just provided lots of wine and the good stuff at the end. Right. Which, so ultimately the miracle just became about raising the social status of a couple. Right. Which is why I'm like, who, there's and no he's other doing time this where he does Really that. interesting thought. Like he's doing this for the servants, for the people behind the scene. Hmm. That it's public to them because yeah, they guess. were part of it. That's a really different way of doing yeah. stuff. Like he, it's, it's not about bringing glory to himself at all. This is no. about honoring other people and honoring God. That's a really neat thought. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's cool. It just seems interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun episode. 
to mm. watch, actually. The party is just a fun party. Well, because, again, like, it's another another one of these stories where you read it, and it's mildly interesting the first time, and that's about it. But then you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is way cooler than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move to the episode uh, six. Okay. Um, so this is the healing healing uh, man who's has leprosy, uh, has nothing. And then um, it starts off actually him selling his last possessions, just trying to survive uh, the last remnants of his life, really, and uh, desperation and no hope. And then uh, also hearing a paralyzed man who cannot walk, and his friends have this incredible moment where they they lower him down through the roof. it's uh, a lady, an Egyptian lady that's there, and she's like, I, f- I saw what you did, and I know you can do this. Mm. Um, anything stand out in this episode? We have, there's a few things, uh, other things going on here. So those are the main storyline. Uh, you have uh, Nicodemus and Shmuel, and the, the conflict between teacher and student, where the student wants to be greater than the teacher. Mm. And in and Nicodemus is really exploring this idea that God is outside of his box, completely blowing his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have uh, Matthew and the centurion, and they uh, they show up at the praetor. Well, they get the tax money from Simon, and it's like a chest of gold. Yeah, it's like, and they're like, "I thought you said he owed taxes." He's like, "Yeah, seven and a half years of taxes. Like it mm-hmm. is a huge sum of money," and it. It it just doesn't make any sense. Like, how would you get Crazy. The, Yeah. There was no <laughs> way possible for Simon. We we saw in the earlier episodes that Simon owed money. Yeah. And we thought it was taxes, like his just regular taxes. Uh, seven and a half years. Like, yeah. You had no hope of just coming up with seven years worth of taxes. Crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. And so it's, there it is. And they're, they're standing in the center of the square with this massive amount of money, kind of scared. <laughs> like, this is a lot of money. Um. So you're starting to see Matthew, everything's gone sideways for him in this episode. He, there's no logic. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything he calculates, the science, scientist, the mathematician in him is broken. Yeah. And he is just like, I need to meet Jesus. I need to know more. He's, he's coming up to Peter and Andrew. He's like, I need to know more. He's, he's talking to the Dominus and, and, and the Dominus is like, you have no guile. You, ha- you just don't get the subtleties of life. And, Matthew's like, no, this is why I'm completely shattered by this event. It makes no sense. I have nothing to hide. And I, so it's, it's really a, uh, so Matthew's on this journey. We're really getting to see Matthew in the same episode where we're seeing Jesus come up with these amazing miracles of healing. Mm -hmm. I have a question about the healing the leper. Sure. Uh, In the show, he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Is that a direct quote from the Bible? Yeah, there is that that episode that uh, in here. How does he know? You get a couple to of call times. him Lord. Uh, so that would probably just be a term of reference, endearment, or uh, yeah, or just showing that you have you have more. It's like saying, "Sir," right? Right? You chat with your grandpa, and he says something. You're like, "Yes, sir." Like, not to How be he condescending, to just him? because. For healing. Why? How does he come to ask him? How does he know to ask him? Oh, he, he says um, in the episode, my sister was at the wedding feast. I know what you did. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know you can do this. That part. Yeah. Right. So he's like, 
you're my last hope. Right. If you're willing, you could make me clean. He knows he can do miracles mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, it's, the word is starting to get out. Is that part in the Bible that he's sister of the wedding no. feast? Oh, no, no, no. This is this is in creative the Bible, license. There's just some dude all of a sudden who asks. Sure, and for we healing. we bump into but a couple of different lepers. He's in the right. We do. We we see them in the story, so it, it makes sense. It's after Cana, this this wedding in Cana. Yeah, but it's not. But in the Bible, when you read it, you have no way of knowing why he's asking. Healing. Right. Somehow, Somehow word is knows. word is getting out okay. that Jesus can do this stuff. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah, but I think that's what he's saying. Like, once I do this thing at Cana, people this wedding, are gonna know. people are going to know. Yeah. Like, I, I'm. Not, it's time. I guess it's time, right? Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't ready. I didn't think it was time, but now it's time. Word can travel fast. Word travels really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when. It's something miraculous like that. Well, yeah, important. You can turn water into wine. People are going to find out. Yeah, heal people. <laughs> and, and then if you can heal people, wow, they're really going to be amazed. Um, I really like how, by the way, how he, how this TV show displays like all of the miracles and the healing. Like they're not just like, they don't just like happen. They make like a, there's a story. Pretty good, like, moment of it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, even, like, the actual second it happens, they do a good job in the moment of of showing it, like, the power behind it and, like, how everyone that's present, like, feels it kind of thing. It doesn't just, like, he doesn't just put his hand on him and he's healed. Like, that starts when, with Mary. Like, there's, like, a power to it every time yeah. he does something. That's kind of neat. And there's emotion in it. Yeah. And it's real. These are real people. You feel for them. Like. Yeah. Like you actually kind of feel like someone just got healed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's actors on a TV show and yet, um, there's an emotional attachment there that, uh, isn't always present in yeah. a TV or movie. Yeah. The director does a good job of, uh, attaching you to the characters, I guess, or making you actually like care for them, which is hard to do. Yeah. There, there, I think it's, um, what's amazing is, is the Jesus Jesus, the guy who's playing Jesus, he has these little um, things that just tie you to him. Uh, the very last scene, Matthew comes around the corner and catches Jesus as they're escaping. Right, mm-hmm. the Romans show up to disperse this crowd. Jesus is teaching; he's just healed this person. Oh, that's so, this episode. That's this person. And suddenly, mm-hmm. Jesus shows up, and he he takes off at the back door, and um, Matthew comes around the corner of the alley to connect with Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and gives him this like half smile. And Matthew, you can see, is on the verge of tears. He's like, I don't get it. There's so much. He's got a million questions. Um, and Jesus looks over and just makes eye contact and gives him this half smile. Like, keep coming. Like, keep following. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. You're so close. That. I love that. And I think that's why we have this emotional connection. Because there are those moments of just like, wow, I get it. It's a really cool. Uh, what else? Oh, he meets the Egyptian lady. When mm-hmm. they're traveling home and he just starts speaking to her in Egyptian and the disciples are like, what are you doing? Like, How do you this? know Egyptian? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I lived there as a kid. I grew up there. Remember when uh, Herod killed all those babies and my family w- left and they're like, you, yeah, I guess I remember that. Like mm-hmm. we were all kids, but I've heard the story. He is, he's, he's just a real dude. Yeah. That just keeps surprising them. And yet he's like, no, we're doing this different. Peter wants to push. Let's, let's have a fight. Let's make sure that this is this and this is this. And at one point, 
John, the disciple John pulls him aside and he's like, didn't Jesus tell you you were going to fish for men? Yeah. <laughs> well, just stop trying to do stuff and sit yeah. back and learn. Like, sh- um, it's really neat. Really, really neat. Uh, I guess for me, there was a couple things here really stood out. Um, God has no favoritism. He, Jesus is teaching and he, he comes across that. And when the lady brings her friend to the, the roof and looks down at Jesus and says, I know you can heal him. We're going to make this happen. And she, they shove this dude through the hole in the roof and they lower him down. He looks up at her and he says, oh, you have a beautiful faith. Mm. Yeah. And, and the Pharisees are in the window. They're yelling at him like, oh, whose authority are you doing this? Who's your teacher? Who, who taught you? Who, right. who did all this? And he looks at them and he's like, what's easier to tell someone their sins are forgiven or to tell them to get up and walk when they're paralyzed. Mm. And the teachers are like, ah, I don't know. And Jesus reads their mind, right? Like only God can forgive sins. But what if I tell you that I can do both? And he says to the man, your sins are forgiven. And he just starts to weep. And he says, stand up and walk. And the guy's like, he looks at his toes and suddenly his toes are moving mm-hmm. and he can stand up. And, and Jesus does both. Right. Do you think that like, I always thought when he says things like that to the Pharisees, that it's like provoking them unnecessarily. You think so? Well, because he could have just been like, yep, I can, I have the gift of healing and I heal this man. And then he heals him. And he could have not fired them up so fast in his journey. Instead, he's like, hey, I can heal him. I can also forgive his sins. Watch. And he does it. And then. You think he's just flicking their he, nose? Like, he's like, oh, only God can forgive, can forgive sins. And me. Watch. And me. And he does it. And then it's like, uh, well, obviously that's going to get him more fired up than just healing him. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So that's, I never really get that. Like, what's the whole point behind his like. That's where I get into Nazareth. He speaks in these like, um, I don't know. I think mysterious ways. Like he's like, right? What's easier to say you forgive a man's sins or to he or to tell him to get up and walk? It's like, I don't know. They're like the same length, so it's obviously the same hardness to say. Because what is behind that? Like, what does he actually mean? I think what he's saying is my authority comes directly from God. I don't have someone that I follow. Right. Whereas these Pharisees always have a teacher that they follow. There's always a rabbi who followed a rabbi who followed a rabbi. And they're so far removed from the actual word of God. And then they put this word of God into a box and they protect it. And I think, I think it's Nicodemus who's starting to figure out that, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so far from the truth because yeah. I've tried to do everything by the letter of the law and what I've learned from my teacher who learned from his teacher who learned from his teacher whose authority we teach on. Yeah. And Jesus is like, man, I just, I went straight to the source. Right. Whose authority do you do this with? Well, who can heal people except God? I do this in God's authority and, and I'm going to do this. And, and that's mm-hmm. what's so beautiful about that woman's faith, right? She's Egyptian. She's not even Jewish. Um, she may be a convert to it, but it's not her culture it's not her her base and he's just like your faith is so beautiful Mm. man you just you just believe you don't need to be convinced of the words or the the order or the ceremony it's just like you can do this i believe in you you come from god then i follow god Mm -hmm. and uh i think that's just so 
that is, is something that is just so wonderful and beautiful. There is, um, and so when you partner that beautiful faith with the fact that there's no favoritism in God's economy, it is just, um, it doesn't matter. That mm-hmm. is, that is true justice. That is true love. That is, um, we have, we live in this society that's fighting for, for racial equality and, and, and this and everybody's rights and all these things. And it's like, yeah, I've done that already. Jesus kind of saying to us, like, I've done all this. It's the same thing in their culture as it is in ours. Yeah. There's Jews and, and there's, or there's, there's Romans and there's Hebrews and each of them have a hierarchy. And it's very clear and evident in, in these episodes that that's the case. And even within the Jewish society, there's those that have and those that have not. And Jesus, uh-huh. Jesus is just like, I'm, I'm just here. You have beautiful faith. Even though you're outside of both of these systems, you're the person I'm looking for. And uh, it's such a, a testament to where we are. The big so what for us is that, you know, we need to get back to that basic, that God right. is our authority and we, we don't, there's, there are no haves and have nots. Right, mm-hmm. we are all broken people that have been healed by God. We're all um, selfish people that have been set free. We're all people that have our own uh, issues, and someone's someone's just going to love us for who we are. Right? Yeah. What else? Any any big so what for you in these two episodes, or anything that stood out? I know I kind of stole all that. A little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had this big, big point that I wanted to say, but it happened to be exactly what you already said. So, oh, fantastic! Uh, what he said. All right, that's great. <laughs> I for me, it's just like the the miracles that he does are just like I don't know. I'm a visual learner, so they just mean a lot more to me when I can watch them done well in this series and when I can read them. So, like, everything, everything about, like, these stories means more, or, like, I guess, like, it's harder with me, or I don't know how to word it, but sits deeper. (laughs) I don't know what the, I don't know what the wording is here, but, um, yeah, I just like watching it more than I do reading it, so I'm finding that really great, no matter what happening yeah that's awesome that's yeah. awesome right so that's that's uh a wrap on those two episodes of the chosen yeah um should we do our let's do a couple uh, of things here do our podcast question that we had sure from spitball yeah do you want to take that question yep so. so on discord we got a question finally thank you spitball uh, he asked, uh, how can one interact in better ways than social media when COVID is such a big thing and you might be separated from others, whether it's because of restrictions or other obstacles? Uh, what are your thoughts and ideas on working around and or with those obstacles? Well, um, I guess my quick answer would be there's plenty of ways to connect and interact with people via distance that are not using social media. Like I would say like using the phone is a great way. Terry would be a big proponent of that. Cause he's old. Um, but yeah, it's not that. like you can video chat 
that's not really an addicting thing. Right. Um, texting is can be addictive, but it's better by far than any of the like social media platforms. Um, so those are all ways that I would argue are much, much better ways to actually connect with somebody, at least on a one-to-one level, um, when you're separated from them. Now, I know you might be asking more on like, a, how do I just know what's going on in lots of people, like all my friends' lives easily? Um, and I think like the key behind that question or that answer is that um, it's the same answer that I gave before where you need to call them, you need to video chat them, you need to text them uh, because we're not supposed to just know what's going on in people's lives by scrolling through a, a news feed. That's not like good for us. Um, I know it's easier for us and we can learn a lot of information about a lot of people all at once and we can feel like we're connected to them all because we know how they're doing or how things are going or um, all of that, but that <laughs> it feels like we're connected, but it actually removes the connecting part. So by not talking to somebody directly one-on-one and knowing things about them, you're removing that connection part. feels like you're connected, but then when you actually go to talk to them one-on-one, um, you're not connected. So you, cause you're, you're not using that skill. And there's, there's tons of studies that I could link and show about this, but um basically like social media is making us worse communicators so we are less right. good at connecting one-on-one with people because of social media right an emoji or a party hat or a, mm-hmm. a flaming or a hundred percent emoji symbol on a picture or on a post isn't communication no you're just a, a voice cheering or saying huzzah in the background mm-hmm. so i guess like the original question, how can one interact in better ways on social media when COVID is such a big thing? Well, I would argue that social media is not a good way ever to interact with people. Um, that it's always going to have negatives to the way that you interact. So you may feel like you're interacting with people, but it's going to turn around and bite you in the bum someday or somehow. So regardless of COVID, there are, all, there are better ways. Texting, video chats, calling. Um, things like that. Um, even using like the discord here to talk to multiple people at once, like having group chats that way and that kind of thing. Um, I think way better. Yeah. And, and it's really easy with discord, just go into a voice room and we yeah. can talk to each other. Voice We've, channel, voice channel. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I am old. Give me a break. <laughs> face, uh, room. <laughs> face room, voice, face room. Thanks. So good question. But yeah, I do think there's a bit of a an underlying thing within that question of like social media is never the best way to interact with somebody online, whether it's during a COVID type season or not. Right. And the tools you mentioned are more social tools rather than social media. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm using Zoom to post out there to the world. It's I'm using Zoom to connect with my friends. I'm using Zoom yeah, like to the connect with people that the, are close to me. The tools that I said are a way to do what you would do in person over the internet. Yeah. Social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok are n- none of those <laughs> do you normally use to do things you would do in person. Right? Like you're using them to like see what's going, like see people that have posted photos and see what kind of things they're up to and then but they're usually all edited and um selected and you're not like you were there you're just seeing the best parts of certain things and then 
um, or videos and dances that they've taken three hours to make and pictures and whatever else. So it's all, it's yeah. not like it's an edited fake version of, of a tiny glimpse of what was happening. So it's not really what's actually happening in person. Right. And then when you are with your friends to be yeah. posting on those, those places, like you're, you're actually with your friends, you have yeah. your hour or two hours together. Why would you waste time posting on those sources when you only have two hours together? Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Now, maybe the real, um, maybe the next step of this question, and we're just really going off on this. So, okay. Um, is, <laughs> uh, when, if like, let's say, I, let's say I have the courage to stop using social media or whatever, like, but none of my friends are, are stopping. Well, now I feel less connected because they're all on it. And so whether we're together or not, that's what's getting talked about is the stuff that's on there, what they can see. And now I'm not part of that conversation or I'm not part of that inner circle of seeing that. I know that can be an issue. So how do we deal with that? Uh, That's a great question, Zach. How would you deal with it? (laughs) I don't know. You really don't know? (laughs) I really don't know. Oh, It just sucks. I think like, the way I would deal with it, because I'm a confrontational type person, right. is I would try and get my friends to also ditch their social media and explain to them why they're literally ruining their lives, keeping it. But um, right, it really depends how thick of skin you have. Like, are you able to just like be okay with not being in the know every second of every day with your friends? Like, do you really? Is there like, really stuff you need take to a know? step back? Like, do you really care if you saw that post? Like, right. does it really matter? Is it going to really affect your life? positively or negatively either way um so sometimes these things can feel like a big deal i guess but are they really yeah all right okay so uh what do you want to do now oh uh, well there was one more question why do i not like tim horton's coffee oh yeah Is that that's even right. worth addressing uh no i think he well i said that uh definitely not very good versus mcdonald's he said well you got a fair point if you bring mcdonald's into this so. yeah no for sure there's, there's, yeah, we're not Jimmy's even, is gross. it's just gross coffee. Even their donuts. You're like, oh, I really want a good donut. And wait, then, hang on. You think their donuts are gross? Yeah, I do. Get out. Yeah, no, for sure. No, like get out of my house. No, I'm not going to get out of your house. <laughs> what do you mean you think their donuts are bad? I, I, they're not consistent. What? You can't consistent. I, I love Boston okay. cream donuts and I can have a really good Boston cream donut, but I can't consistently have a good donut there. Where else are you going to get a donut? Oh, donut in deli. That or non, non like random Mennonite. I don't know. So chain, you know, grocery store donuts are gross. Zares. Okay. Timmy's donuts and baking is pretty good. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think sucks. so. I actually wish. No. That you could combine Don's and Timmy's. So you had like Don's has the good coffees and all that. But I think the little bakery in Hawksville, I'd take that Timmy's, stuff anytime. But Timmy's has the like better food section no. for like bakery snacks. Like Don's has like the meals. Never go to Timmy's for a meal. But then <laughs> Don's has the. Have you had a McDonald's donut? No, I haven't had McDonald's oh donut. Oh my goodness, they are horrendous. I, I wouldn't buy donuts from McDonald's. Why would I they buy have a those donut? Mini donuts you can buy. I know I they look great. Them. They look plastic though. I didn't finish. I tried two different ones. I didn't really? finish either of them. Really? There are many. They're like two bite donuts. I didn't yeah. finish them. You couldn't even finish them. It was that, that bad. bad. I was that gross. That I'm not gross. eating one more bite of this. 
Why did you buy donuts at McDonald's? It's because it looks so good. It looked good. Yeah, I know. But it's... And Nick was even serving me. And I was like, uh, I'm going to try the donuts. And he's like, ooh. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, okay. No. He's like, you can is... see how they're made. I was like, uh, no thanks. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Dude, I can't even think that way. Okay, uh, do you want to do something fun or? Sure. What do you have in mind? Um, this was fun. Okay, why don't we do top Christmas <laughs> movies? Okay. Do you want to do top five or top three? Let's just or... do three. Yeah. I, I think there's. You have three in mind. Three in mind. Yeah, I have three in mind. I think I have three. I have two for sure. Yeah. Third one might be tough for me. The third one. Well, number one is Elf for us. Yeah. We watch Elf like two, three times uh, Christmas season. Okay. Why would you watch it more than once at Christmas? It's fun. It's so much fun. That's so weird. Who watches a movie more than once in like a month span? I do. Why? Well, because it's it's something that we love and we we watch it. I know. Like I watch it every year too, but like once I watch it, I don't want to be like, let's watch it again. Uh, It's not like immediately back to back. It's more like, oh, let's watch Elf again. Maybe, you know, we watch it early December and then it's the week before Christmas. Like, oh, let's watch Elf again. Mm. Wow. Okay. Uh, What else? Santa Claus. I I love the Santa Claus. With Tim Allen. Yeah. I totally forgot about Oh, it's such a great movie. Just the first one? I love the first one. The second one's okay. That's with the Mrs. Claus, right? And the fake Santa. There's three. I don't think I've never seen the the third one. That's yeah. the one with Jack Frost. See, Martin Short plays Jack I'm Frost. I'm a real fan. Oh, you you watch all three of them. I so I, I feel like I'm alone <laughs> when I say I like these movies because really, yeah. Well, I don't know. Leah doesn't. Oh, and how? Why? I don't know. They're and fantastic. I used to just love them growing up. Like I yeah. watched those ones all the time. Yeah, not on my list though. Not on your list. No. You have an amazing list. And then the third one, I don't know. That's a tougher one. Um, I don't know. We, we've been watching the one, it's like Arthur Christmas, where he's like the second son. And it's a cartoon. So I know you won't watch cartoons. Um, there's also the old Rudolph cartoon that I think is terrible, but I, I watch it. There's so many good live action movies. And... Uh, uh, our family likes Rise of the Guardian. Um, I would probably say then would be number three. Would what be is that? Rise of the Guardians. That's the one with Jack Frost, where he is uh, one of the Guardians, and there's the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus, and uh, they're fighting against um, the nightmares. And I assume it's a cartoon. Yeah, Pitch. Pitch is the back guy, bad guy, the Pitch Dark. And he has these nightmares. And I have never even heard of this. Oh, it's, it's, it was, it's fantastic. We love it. But again, we love cartoons. Good. And I know you yes. don't like cartoons. Those um, characters are all in uh, the Santa Claus. In one of them. Oh, are they? He's meeting, the third he, one. He meets with all the others. The, the other. Fairy and Easter Bunny. He's meeting with all of them at one point. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. See, that's the third one. Father though. Time. So I haven't seen there. that one. I think it's the second one, oh. but maybe, maybe it's the third. Okay. First one is really good. Yeah, the first one we just love. Okay, my list. Okay, here's your... Yep, go for it. Elf. Everyone has Elf Elf on their list. Yeah. It is a great movie. But I only watch it once a year. Okay. Fair enough. Not insane. That's fine. 
The Grinch. Oh, yeah, The Grinch. Which With one, Jim though? Carrey. With Jim Carrey. What do you mean, which mm. one? Not the cartoon. Not the cartoon, right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Unreal. Watch it once a year, every year. That's really excellent Once movie. a year. Yeah. And I just thought of this one. Okay. When we were talking about Santa Claus. Not Santa Claus, but I think it's called Jack Frost. Okay. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yeah, with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Where he becomes the snowman. Yeah. And he's with his little son. Yeah. And he shows up. He di- he's uh, a dead dad. And then he... Okay, sh- well, yeah. Let's, is that it? It's, it's really sad. Oh. But yeah, the guy, the dad dies. But then he well, comes back. The start, so we'll not ruin anything. He dies <laughs> and he comes back as the snowman. Like he's like spirit in the snowman. Yeah. And he's Jack Frost. It's Jack Frost. And he's like getting his last like weeks with his son that's so great and it's it's very sad watching, oh. but i loved it i think it's because there's hockey in it okay that's why i liked it growing up but i, I just remembered i liked that movie i'm sure there's others home alone's always a good laugh i actually weirdly like the third one the most yeah with not macaulay mcculkin mcculkin oh whatever i've only seen the first one is. and i think i've only seen it once see maybe the third twice. one I, I just the third not, one was like oh. it breached or the third one like Went to that like new era of filming where like the first year are clearly like nineties oh, yeah. movies, and then the third one is like clearly a, that step up of like this is a newer era. Um, so I always found I liked it more, hmm. and the kid was like funny. I think maybe the same kid that's in Max Keeble. No, it just looks like him. I don't know. I I was not a Home you Alone seen fan. Max Keeble's big move. No, <sighs> never seen Max Keeble's big move. Uh, I was not a fan of Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um. I know that's on a lot of people's Christmas favorite Christmas lists. Uh, what else is there? A National Lampoon's. I mean, Christmas, Christmas Vacation is really good. I don't. I don't think it's my top three, top no. five. Yeah, it's got some amazing uh, moments, but I wouldn't put it in my top. It's a bit more of an adult movie, too. Yeah, I wouldn't put it in my top five. I wouldn't have shown it with my kids. I wouldn't put it in your top five. No, I don't think so. Well, not when you got cartoons in there. No, I have cartoons in there. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not? Well, There's... when you're under like 10, I can understand them in cartoons. Oh, no. There's so much great value that's done through animation. Just disagree. I know. I know. We, we'll always disagree on this. There you go. This Christmas movies. Is. Tell us what your uh, top like three. I'm missing a good one. Still. Top three Christmas movies out there. We probably are. Uh, that's okay. That's, you know. Well, we, should uh, a, we should have a Christmas moving movie watch party. Oh, wait, we can't get together. Oh, maybe we could figure out how to do it somewhere through. I don't know. Okay. We'll get something out. Oh, speaking of getting together, camp uh, applications and camp next summer. Camp applications will be up next Thursday ish. So that'll goal. be about what? The 15th? The 10th. 10th. This, that's, that's this Thursday. That's the day we're releasing this. Oh. That's today. So you're open to have them up today. Yeah. Camp applications. <laughs> Let's start that thought over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A week from now, which is the third. Yes. Yeah, staff applications should be up today. Today. Take or by this weekend. At the or latest. definitely by the weekend. Yeah. Um, the goal is today. Cool. We're going ahead planning for next summer. Yep. We're hoping for a normal summer. 
We'll see what happens. <laughs> Amen. Something to pray about. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a great episode. Really glad that you uh, joined us again. Be, um, we want to encourage you, uh, if you have friends that are counselors or friends that have been counselors here at camp, encourage them to give us a listen and uh, join the Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to encourage you to get in there. There's a general channel. There's a podcast question channel. Uh, post some stuff. Put up your top three Christmas um, movies, and uh, yeah. let's start a discussion going on that. Honestly, if you're ever bored, just hop into the general voice channel. Just chill. Yeah, and people can, will join you. You can just be in there and do whatever your work at home or whatever you're doing on your computer at home, and people might join in and talk to you. And yeah, it's just, and eventually it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah, it starts slow and, and we're getting this uh, ball moving, this boulder rolling, and I'm really enjoying it. Thank you again, and we will catch up with you soon. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi.